0: From the time when the EMA started, the, in the country we had 78 ambulances, but with a huge investment from government of Rwanda and its partners, the fleet uh, increased to 315 for now, and these are dispatched countrywide.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and we're going international this week. In fact, we're going across the oceans to Africa, and we're going to talk about the jewel in the crown of African EMS, and that is the good guys and the good folk that are operating the EMS system in Rwanda. And we're going to go to Kigali to join our two guests. So joining me across from Rwanda is uh, Jean-Marie Uwe Tunze from the Rwandan uh, EMS organization, and we'll bring him in in a second. And also uh, an American working in Rwanda and working with the Rwandans is Dr. Suda Rahman, who is from the University of Utah. And uh, guys, why don't you just uh, introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of your background. Uh, Jean-Marie, over to you.
0: Thank you very much, Rob. Um, Jean-Marie Wittons, as you have been saying, and I have been trained as a public health profession and an anesthetist in Rwanda, but also in Australia. And I've been working with Ministry of Health, Division of EMS, for over 15 years. Uh, so that's me in a nutshell.
1: And uh, Suda, we go back away, so why don't you start with who you are, what you do, how we know each other, and what you're doing right now.
2: Yes, fantastic. Great to be on with you, Rob. So, as you know, I am a trauma surgeon um, in the United States, and I have been for over a decade now, and we met uh, back in Richmond when you were at the Richmond Ambulance Authority, and um, we've been working together ever since, for nearly almost 10 years, on EMS systems and collaborating with our colleagues in Rwanda. I have since moved on to the University of Utah, where I'm the director of the Center for Global Surgery, and uh, we now have a a memorandum of understanding with the University of Utah and the Ministry of Health of Rwanda, specifically for trauma and EMS uh, capacity support, and that's what this work is
1: all about. I didn't realize, Suda, we'd hit our ten-year anniversary. So happy anniversary! That's uh, that's an amazing <laughs> amount of indeed, time.
2: Indeed, <laughs> uh,
1: But uh, Jean-Marie, can you describe how EMS works in Rwanda? Because uh, internationally, we're always very interested to hear how uh, you know other organisations work. I know you've been to the US, and uh, that's of course where we first met. But give us a description of how it operates uh, in Rwanda?
0: Uh, to talk about EMS in Rwanda, maybe I would start with a short, bag- I mean, historical background of EMS. The EMS in Rwanda is, I would say, it's it's a baby that is running how to crawl because it started in 2007. When the government uh, realised that there was a need uh, from the different communities re- requesting uh, connecting to uh, formal health uh, care facilities. But when we we, we we really talk about EMS, the idea of uh, starting EMS started in 2000 when uh, Rwandan, a Rwandan doctor that was trained in France came back to Rwanda and he was willing to start a private EMS after what he had been observing in France, in Paris. And he, he just wanted to start with few ambulances, two ambulances with nurses, just basic emergency equipment, oxygen cylinder. But the, the system was just on co system where the cost per kilometer was a bit high for callers. So he didn't succeed because after two years, he was unable to sustain the system. But through that arrangement, he approached Ministry of Health, uh, starting to initiating these kind of ideas and showing how there is a need on the field and how the Ministry of Health can leverage on the existing ambulance system to well, EMS, form of EMS, because before that system there was just ambulance, the way we know in raw or limited uh, resources country where the system is uh, exclusively operating interfacility transfers. But the idea of introducing pre hospital uh, care services ca- came with this idea. And in 2005, the Ministry of Health started some collaboration with. Uh, Rwandan medical professionals who were uh, working in France to see how they can replicate the SAMI or EMS system uh, in in France. That's when the first strategic meeting started with... uh, 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 starting to discuss what is the country, what is the gap, and how can uh, this idea be uh, discussed at another level and to see how the government can invest I- invest in this area. So after taking on European EMS system, it was realized that uh, the model that Rwanda wanted to emulate was a medical-run system like in France, where a doctor is at the center of EMS. Uh, but there was also other ideas of try to, to build a hybrid system. If there is no uh, uh, this kind of physician-based system, uh, if the Rwanda can't afford, how can we start with what the country had? So the idea evolved and it was at a level to send some professionals to train in France for some few months. Uh, there was a batch of uh, doctors, nurses who were sent to France in the Mets, to, to start to, to, to observe and to run how EMS can, can be launched. And uh, uh, after one year, uh, another team was sent again in France, and it was in 2007 that the, the re-runs of EMS uh, will ha- happened, starting with what you can call a piloting system in Kigari City uh, with a, a nurse uh, running the system, a call center uh, with uh, uh, an anesthetists and some communication operators with a dedicated call number. Uh, f- from then, it was 912 as opposed to 911 to Northern America. And with just few ambulances, two ambulances covering, uh, at that time it was around, crossed 1 million population in Kigari, 6, 6, 666,000 population in Kigari. And the focus was to respond to road traffic crashes. But after the launch And uh, there was uh, media coverage of the event and the population started to call not only for road traffic crashes, but also for other health emergencies, like pregnant women who were unable to to go to to the hospital or other pediatric emergencies at households. So the Ministry of Health decided to expand the system and not only focusing on road traffic crashes and expand to other health emergencies. So this is how EMA started in Rwanda. And talking about how it operates, uh, for now, it has two modes, uh, one being BLS, Basic Life Support System, uh, for, for, for instance, for big events coverage, or some uh, visit at the hospital for some patient with chronic illness. But also there is another level of uh, care, uh, advanced life support, or where the team can be dispatched from ambulance base to the scene of emergence. And... Uh, from the time when the EMS started, the, in the country we had 78 ambulances, but with a huge investment from government of Rwanda and its partners, the fleet uh, increased to 315 for now. And these are dispatched countrywide. It means where you are in southern province, western province, where in the country if you dial 912 and you call, there is a dispatcher at at uh, the center who assess the the condition, and if he or she assess that this is a real emergency, he will look at the nearby health facility ambulance EMS and dispatch an EMS team according to the condition. Mm-hmm. So this is how we, we are operating uh, BLS system and ERS, uh, uh, s- focusing on hospital specifically but also uh, covering interfacility uh, transfers but also uh, covering other major events as Rwanda is now becoming a hub for major uh, uh, events there is uh, a, a new notion of e- event medicine that is being developed so EMS is also part of the uh, teams that are covering these events so this uh, uh, this is how the EMS is operating in wonderful for now
1: Jean-Marie, that was an amazing description talking about uh, ALS, BLS, interfacility transport, the advent of uh, event medicine, and, uh, and uh, of course, uh, I think even the British royal family have been down there for a recent uh, a recent summit as well. I remember that one. Um, you also described uh, what we know universally as the Franco-German model, where the doctor uh, operates on the vehicle, and, and clearly, you need to look at other models as well. And that's where I'm going to bring you back in, Suda, because uh, what is an American trauma surgeon doing? And we, you're actually sitting in Kigali in Rwanda right now. So, you know, how have you been involved and what have you brought to the party?
2: Oh, no, that's a great question. And uh, and you're exactly right. Uh, as you know, the American model um, is without the, um, the physician's support, at least directly in the field. Um But uh, my background is both in public health and in trauma surgery. And, you know, we all know that it does absolutely no good to have a wonderfully qualified surgeon sitting in the hospital if the patient just cannot get there. So trauma surgeons, certainly in the U.S., are very intimately linked to the EMS system and involved in uh, the conversations of uh, pre-hospital care and, and, and uh, early um, emergency stabilization and that is the conversation uh, that I have been engaged in with Jean-Marie and, and other colleagues um, and then to go from there to say well what does uh, this fantastic system that's grown over the last uh, more than a decade now uh, what is it able to do what is it uh, what types of patients are being seen what is the quality of care how might one improve it is it about training more staff or hiring more staff or improving supply chains or standardizing care delivery Uh, what are the standards of pre-hospital care uh, in Rwanda or what should it be around the world um, in in countries that are not as rich as uh, as the U.S. Um, and uh, and then what does a system look like? Um, and how would you b- build that? Um, and that's, uh, that's what we've been working on over the course of the last almost decade that I've known, uh, Jean-Marie. Actually it's been a good decade that I've known both of you just about. Um,
1: It is, and I'll remind uh, both you and Jean-Marie that uh, when you guys came to Richmond, of course, uh, the Richmond Ambulance Authority, we actually altered our badge and turned it into the Rwandan Ambulance Authority because, as I noted, we were both RAA, So, uh, although it's not really the Rwandan Ambulance Authority, we know that. Jean-Marie, let's go back to you and just talk about the medics and the EMTs, etc., what is the training program to become either an EMT, a paramedic, or you know even a, a medical assistant, or whatever you would call these uh, employees? W- what training and and education do they go through?
0: Uh, as I said, when the decision was taken by Ministry of Health to start EMS, we are just uh, looking how we can build on existing uh, capacities that we have in the country, and looking at the professionals, uh, we didn't have the, the paramedic as we know they are trained in the, in the U.S. or another American system. What we had was just general nurse, nurses uh, that were trained at a university level, uh, completing their bachelor level, and an anesthetist uh, graduating also from university. Uh, with uh, a hands-on experience on uh, critical care management but also some anesthetic procedures. So when we started, we we, we were just focusing on those two categories of uh, professionals, but as you can understand, there was kind of a gap in terms of the component of pre-hospital the way we know because uh, talking about nursing care practi- practices, we know that these are just general nurses that are trained to work in the hospital. But when it comes to facing or dealing with the pre-hospital cases, this kind of skills were lacking. This is where we started with uh, developing curriculum that was tailored to the gaps that we identified. To fill this gap, we started, as I said, with a model from, the, from France uh, mm-hmm. Samy <clears throat> by lo- looking at uh, uh, key components of uh, hospital uh, trauma, uh, pediatrics, uh, internal medicine, and gyne and, and ops. So, those are well focal to uh, many components that we started with just basic pre-hospital skills with emphasis on hands-on uh, skills, like when we are facing a uh, uh, test trauma patient field with no support from trauma surgeon, how can you deal this with this patient to ensure that the patient reaches the ER in good condition, at, at least being stabilized, so that the ER team will take over, without uh, detrimental effect, So we started with this basic training. Uh, it means after recruiting the, the staff from, from uh, the, the school or from other hospitals, the, the staff were undergoing uh, four weeks uh, training module. Uh, we started with King Faisal Hospital. This is one of tertiary ho- uh, trauma, referral one hospital in Kigari. And we we're collaborating with uh, team, a multidisciplinary team, gathering trauma surgeon, G and ops uh, doctors, internal medicine and anesthesiologist. And through this module that we, we, we developed, we started to hire staff uh, trying to fill, fill this gap of uh, out of hospital skills. Then, when we started, uh, we 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 continue to uh, improve the curriculum, but we, we are ever at the level uh, when we say that there is a need to have a formal training, and how can this curriculum can be integrated within the formal training that these cadre uh, of staff are undertaking through universities and through collaboration with University of Rwanda. That's when the idea of starting subspecialties come with uh, now critical care nurses, trauma nurses that are being trained at master level. Uh, but also through a collaboration with Dr. Suda, we're able to secure some grants that enables us to, 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 to have a tailored curriculum that is focusing on the evidence best practices but also seeing at the context of Rwanda what the Rwanda needs and how can can this be uh, be undertaken through the process so uh, we were lucky to to secure the grant and uh, in 2017 we and uh, through uh, 2020 before covid pandemic we able to, to start with the uh, Train of Trainers uh, program training uh, existing EMA staff with a new curriculum that is uh, was built on existing curriculum, but also addressing other gaps that have been identified, but also involving local uh, faculty to, to be involved in order to take over so that we whenever we don't, we no longer have U.S. faculty, local faculty can help us to to, to scale up the system. So through this uh, collaboration, we're able to not only train some staff, but also train teachers within universities uh, to teach us the future teachers uh, to to help us. And since then, uh, the program we have been, Training uh, thousands of uh, doctors in the hospital, nurses, uh, other paramedics, to to ensure that there is sustainability. So in Austria, this is how the training of EMS staff is now, and it's it's keeping evolving. Uh, for instance, uh, two years ago, we through this collaboration and. Uh, when the Ministry of Health uh, realized that d- there was kind of improvement through collaboration, we were able to, to launch a, a specific paramedic training with local uh, Red Cross training facility, where now uh, the existing drivers uh, that didn't have any uh, clinical background or any uh, uh, training are now trained to become basic EMT, but also with uh, the vision for this training facility to become paramedic center where University of Rwanda uh, through Human Resource for Health uh, program in Ministry Health will be collaborating with this institution to train not only EMT basic, but also paramedic so that in the coming near future we may have this uh, holistic uh, cuddle in the EMS in Rwanda. So this is how uh, our staff are being trained in Rwanda. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And if you're listening here in the US, of course, one of the reasons I'm going to be doing a monthly international EMS podcast with uh, colleagues from all over the planet is so we can understand uh, what they're doing. And you've already heard an academic university based education um, encompassing all of the things that we need, or that, that they need in order to do the job, is being considered and executed. Perhaps is a big takeaway for us here in the continental US. Uh, for a second, we're just going to take a break and go to a word from our sponsor. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly. Serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities, Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioural health resources, news and analysis and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire rescue, EMS, local government and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit Lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Thank you for that. Don't forget, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and Amazon Music. And don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, because we are now a standalone podcast within the EMS1 stable, please rate and review us on the platform that you're listening to us on. So welcome back. We are currently in Kigali, Rwanda with the uh, Jean-Marie Owatunzi uh, and Dr. Suda Jayaraman, who, of course, is the, a US-based University of Utah uh, trauma surgeon. And so we've heard the amazing work that's going on in country, uh, Suda. But obviously, you are here to lend your expertise. You've already explained that. But what are the current projects? And of course, we're doing a little sidebar project on communication centers. But uh, talk about uh, you know what's happening next and what you're working on.
2: Yeah, actually, through the collaboration that we've had for the last decade, um, as Jean-Marie mentioned, we've uh, done a lot of staff training, we've created protocols and checklists, uh, we've done trauma QI, um, and, and a number of other things. And one of the things that we as a group came up with was that there was not an electronic way of communicating um, between hospitals and the dispatch center and ambulance um, uh, and we thought well wouldn't it be a great project to work on together to think about how you would implement an electronic system that helps coordinate uh, and allows communication to occur efficiently uh, in Kigali? and one of the challenges that uh, Jean-Marie I'm sure will touch on uh, at a later point is that there are not really great um, address information uh, available throughout the city and, and country, um, because quite a bit of the country is, is um, mountainous and rural. Um, and really, the ability to geolocate your patient, it becomes an important step. In being able to find the patient to then get them to the right facility. So one of the main projects we've been working on is actually a project in collaboration with some local software developers. So that the project is developing software for EMS communication coordination here in Rwanda that is done by Rwandese software developers for the Rwandese emergency medicine, uh, emergency medical service professionals for the public of the country with support and mentorship um, from external experts uh, such as uh, me and my colleagues and other people across even um, the UK. Um, And that's what we're working on now and that's being supported by a, a grant from the National Institute of Health. And just last week, we heard that the National Institute of Health Research of the UK has uh, approved an even larger grant that will allow this kind of software to be developed, tested, implemented, and then evaluated to see, really, are patients getting better care? Um, So it's really a multi-institutional, multi-country, multi-governmental collaboration that uh, is just hopefully going to be uh, transformational uh, for the EMS system here in Kigali.
1: Wonderful. Again, another takeaway, collaboration, communication, coordination, uh, and uh, obviously development is all going on. Uh, Jean-Marie, so what for you is the next big thing? I mean, in the next two years, what is the EMS system in country going to be doing and going to be achieving? Where do you see yourself in the future?
0: I would say that the the big project for now is uh, improving communication uh, capabilities within Rwanda EMS. As Dr. Suda is mentioning, we are collaborating on this uh, software, developing some interfaces that will help us to to ease the communication between field responders and dispatchers, but also connecting with uh, receiving health facilities. But in terms of big projects that we are we are working on, apart from this, we, we have another project looking at uh, EMS financing uh, because, as you can understand, EMS is not really uh, – it's expensive, especially when we talk about limited resources countries. It means it, it has to be sustained – uh, we are lucky that in Rwanda, there is huge investment from the central government, but also to ensure that there is a private that is injecting their investment into EMS. So uh, f- for now, w- w- what the, the MOH is, is doing is just to working on, on some strategies to attract some investors in EMS field. So that this this field can be also the way private sector can support the government. But also working on some as I said co-payment schemes. Before when we started the 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 the, the, the system was fully funded by government for but for now there is a co-payment system where the the, the call or the patient has to pay ten percent if Here she's using the local insurance uh, schemes. So there is a lot that is going on to to, to ensure that there is a financial sustainability for for EMS, but also attracting investors in this area. Another big project is uh, about uh, building on existing uh, basic system for education and training. As I said, there is now basic EMT training facility. The the big project is to uh, evolve to paramedicine program through University of Rwanda and uh, Red Cross training facility but also uh, uh, improve online training. This is the big program that we have been collaborating with Dr. Surya to ensure that the courses that have been developing are available for locals to to undertake through SAMI, uh, through continuous professional development uh, uh, sessions, where uh, this is part of standardization of EMS practice, but also to ensure that there is, Uh, a way for EMS staff to keep learning. So e-learning platform is a big program that is being thought within mental health and through developed uh, modules, uh, staff will be able to access this and train them. So another, I mean, uh, program that is related to, to training and education is community first aid because we know that, 80% 80% of uh, burden of disease in Rwanda is addressed at community level through community health workers. So uh, through this grant that I mentioned before, we're able to train trainers that are now uh, collaborating with the other divisions within Rwanda Biomedical Center, especially community health uh, unit. That developed a, a, a module or a curriculum that is specifically for community health workers, mm-hmm. that we consider as faster responder in the communities, so that the the healthcare system can be can be uh, can can be uh, holistic so that if there is a case in the community there is a trained staff in the community a trained volunteer in the community that can can easily coordinate with a 912 dispatcher so that the patient is is taken care so those are a big project with within coming 2 years but uh, through EMS strategic plan there is a lot that is being done through uh, local means, but also uh, uh, with other projects that you are collaborating with partners such as University of Utah or other partners. Thank you.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And uh of course one of the common threads and passions we all have is public health and uh you know the population at risk needs to be taken care of uh, we also know that the world health authority tells us that you no know, primary cause of death uh is is trauma and and of course that's you know if you know a trauma surgeon you'll know they're also an mph it almost goes hand in hand and uh, many of my great friends are trauma surgeons and mphs and uh and again, here comes the, 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 the U.S. crime. If you don't know who your director of public health is, if you don't know their name, shame on you. Go out, find out, shake their hands, meet them, and work with them always, please. Talking to public health and community health, uh, Suda, one of the things you noted earlier was that uh, there are over 50,000 community health workers in the country. I mean, that's that's quite an amazing number.
2: In, indeed, and the, uh, the EMS uh, division of the Ministry of Health is critically engaged in training all these uh, workers around the, um, the country. And so training uh, for them really diffuses to training to, for staff around the country. And that wasn't even a knock-off, knock-on effect that we had even discussed uh, several years ago when we were talking about training for the EMS staff. So I think there's just such incredible opportunity to have impact um, and to really uh, contribute to the growth and transformation of a remarkable
1: country. As I said at the start, this is the jewel in the crown of African EMS, and uh, I firmly believe that. Um, the classic journalistic question now, is there anything I haven't asked you or anything else you want to tell me? Uh, Jean-Marie?
0: We, we are not reinventing the wheel, but there is we, we have had opportunity opportunity to, to benchmark our system to US system and see what we can run from well-organized, well-performing, high-income country system. But for colleagues working in limited resources countries, I think uh, from what we have learned uh, through our collaboration, there is a way to improve within our system, starting with existing resources, but also planning long-term goals, what we're going to do, considering governance, readership, service delivery, financial accessibility to EMS. So there is a lot that we can run and uh, tell this to our system, uh, keeping in mind that when the patient arrives uh, a bit delayed in the health facility, the, the chance to save the patient is reduced. So uh, EMS has been underestimated in Uh, many countries due to maybe uh, limited resources but using available resources there is a way that we can do a lot and through collaboration we can keep improving.
1: Yes you don't have to reinvent the wheel but you can drive those wheels on a vehicle which contains best practice into your country which exactly is what you're doing. Uh, Suda your final thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think uh, the collaboration and really um, uh, understanding and even developing international best practices uh, is critical. And the other part, too, is that this is an opportunity for innovation. Um, You know, there's no reason to do the same old kind of training uh, especially, you know, with all of the vast technological, um, you know, opportunities we have now, uh, you know, I think there's plenty of opportunity to be thinking about how do we train the EMS professionals of the future using virtual reality and augmented reality. How do we do team based care uh, uh, through the, those kinds of uh, training, um, you know, paradigms, and how do we then Uh, export that uh, as a model to countries all around the world Um, I think that's an opportunity where uh, Rwanda really gets to lead and um, and I hope everyone's paying attention (laughs) because it's a great model to learn from
1: well you've both been in my office actually and on the whiteboard it said simply if we do what we always did we'll get what we always got so, uh, you know, that that's hopefully paraphrasing what you just said there. So if we want to follow the program and keep up with you, uh, Jean-Marie, how can we follow the operations and the system uh, in Rwanda? Uh,
0: EMS Division is part of uh, Radar Biomedical Center Division. So there is a website platform where some of our new activities are uh,
1: published. Can you give us the website so we can follow you?
2: The Rwanda Biomedical Centre website which is um, rbc.gov.rw uh, and the Rwanda Biomedical Centre is the uh, uh, country's health implementation agency and uh, oversees the division of the
1: so, everybody listening uh, around the planet, that was actually our first edition of what's going to be an international series of uh, EMS One Stops, and I'm excited and delighted to start off with my great friends uh, in Rwanda and in Kigali. Um, and so, uh, Jean-Marie and uh, Suda, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I hope to catch up with you again in the future.
0: Thank you very much, Rob. We're looking forward to keep uh, exchanging this kind of good ideas that will see us to keep improving EMS practices in Africa. Thank you very much.
2: A pleasure to join you and uh, Jean-Marie on this uh, podcast, and I look forward to hearing the others in the future.
1: Coming up after you guys is going to be uh, Darren Mockery, who is the, uh, the the chairman of the Association of Ambulance Chief Executives of the UK. And so we're going to be talking to him in this series. But uh, for now, don't forget, you can follow me on LinkedIn and also on Twitter at UKRobL1. Um, for, mom- for the moment, that's been the first edition of our international uh, EMS One Stop show. I've been Rob Lawrence. This has been international EMS One Stop. And until next time, bye for now.